Previously on One Tree Hill. Greetings, Starfighters. Welcome to Mad Science Films. I'm Jimmy P, filmmaker and sexual astronaut. First up, guys, please check out our fourth feature film for free over on YouTube. Just search for Little Monster or click on the link in the show notes below. This episode, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Terry Cooper, director of Offworld and soon to be the director of his second feature film, Bloody Students. Terry, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hello, and thank you for having me. Again, like I say, the film fans are... Um, again, I don't want to say more valuable or, or better than than the casual, you know, genre fans or whatever. But the film fans are more willing to be more forgiving because they know what's involved. You know, they yeah, yeah. they they'll see a guy running down the street and they won't go, okay, it's a guy running down the street. He he doesn't run very well. They'll go, I wonder how many takes that took, yeah. or I wonder how long it took to you know. To Clean, uh, cordon off that stretch of road because they've got a slightly better involvement of what goes on behind the camera and you know how uh, how things are done. And um, with bloody students now, it's obviously I haven't got, really got sci-fi fans, but a certain amount of sci-fi fans would be into this because it's still genre. It's yeah. you know, but yeah, it's it's not a full-on slapstick comedy, but it's not a full-on horror either. Um, to the extent where I still I'm still wrestling with how much blood and guts to put into it, because um, I don't want to sort of limit my audience by making it an 18 and having heads getting pulled off every two seconds. Like I haven't seen Renfield yet, but I'm told it's way over the top with the gore, but wow. it's good. It's tongue in cheek. Yeah. So it's that kind of comedy horror anyway, but it's way over the top with the gore. Um, but I, at this point, especially, you know, on your, only your second film, I don't want to have to submit a film that they go, yeah, this is going to have to be an 18. So there's a lot of people can't watch this, you know, yeah. I want to, yeah. you know, and I, I, I'm not a big believer in peppering the script with profanities anyway. I mean, I do swear in my normal life and, you know, I, I do like a well-placed F-bomb and stuff, but I'm not, I'm probably not going to throw in too many of them no. just because that will push the rating up as well. Yeah. And although, I, do you know what? As as horror, it's one of the few ones where, you know, almost having an 18 is a badge of pride as well. You know? Sure. A lot of people <laughs> do. And I think that's because, um, I mean, I, I know one or two sort of uh, horror directors who are doing like indies and stuff. And because they're all in, they're like, horror's my thing. You can, you can go extreme on gore, you can go extreme on, uh, you know, uncomfortable situations and language and stuff. But I'm a little bit more middle of the road. Horror's not my thing. Uh, I mean, I, I own quite a few horror movies, but I'm always, I'm more sci-fi than anything else. And sure. I gravitate towards, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I could have filmed a straight up horror because yeah. I'm not that well versed in it. And I don't think I'm that passionate about it as much as I am about comedy, you know? Yeah. So I think uh, with Offworld was very, played straight like hard sci-fi like a drama and it's quite bleak um so i wanted to do something less serious and you know something a bit more funny and i, I gravitate towards the cornetto trilogy i'm like yeah that's what yeah. i want to do yeah i was going to ask is it is it totally similar to say Shaun of the dead then really well that's how i explain it to people um i mean there there are similarities obviously that the color scheme is 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 red and white you know, but that's a lot of horror films are like that anyway. It's not I'm not trying to ape the Shaun of the Dead thing. I could have used the same font as Shaun of the Dead, which I've seen other films, commercially available yeah. films, do. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. I just wanted I didn't want the writing done in like 
you know, scratching or, you know, like some kind of scrapey looking thing. I just wanted the big, bold white letters against blood or whatever. Um, but um, my favorite film, this is going to be a, a weird take of the Canetto trilogy is The World's End. Oh, yeah, um, controversial. I I didn't like that film when I first saw it. I went to the cinema with my two flatmates, and they came out, and they love Hot Fuzz to death. Right, love, Hot Fuzz is like the thing. And to that point, I said Shaun of the Dead was my favorite. And I came out of the cinema, and we all were like, well, I don't know, think of that. And I think the main thing was because Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg's character Gary King is not a likable guy. No, you know he's he's a git. He's a git who just manipulates his mates. Um, but he's quite tragic, and you, as you find out later on. But even then, I wasn't sure what the what the gimmick of the film was. I was like, you hear it's called The World's End, but you don't know anything more about it going in. And with Shaun of the Dead, you know it's a zombie film. With Hot Fuzz, you know it's cops in a, in a small town. But what's The World's End about? And, you know, when you get into the whole smashy, smashy Eggman, and, like, the... <laughs> Even then, the the concept, I had to watch the film a number of times to work out, oh, because it's a kind of like an invasion, but it's not an invasion. And it's like, I think it's a little bit too, uh, not complicated, not like hard to understand, but I think it's a concept that needs explaining to the point where they had to do a scene with Pierce Brosnan sits them down and tells them what it's what's going on. Yeah. Um, but what I love, the more I watched that film, the more I got into it, the more I love it, especially the, the the dialogue. And, you know, I'm a I'm a big sucker for dialogue and one-liners and, and the way you can get comedy out of saying a line that isn't... Simon Pegg's a master at it. He'll go, <laughs> he'll just do that in the middle of a conversation or something. And it works straight away. Yeah. And you can't put that on paper. It's hard to show someone, oh, this will be a funny... I mean, right, I'm going to pick a, pick a random funny line from my script here. One girl says, I need the Book of the Dead. And the other girl hands her it and says, here, well, here's most of it. And from a distance, the boy goes, can you just check my name's not in it? Which, yeah, you know, but anyone, I'm hoping, obviously, <laughs> anyone, you know, who knows a bit about acting and comedy, they can turn those three lines into a really nice, because it's, yeah. it's like, it's like friends. Every joke has got the initial setup, the, the next bit that follows on from that, and then the punchline. And it's just three lines every time. So that's the same thing. Book of the Dead. Here's most of it. Oh, can you check my name's not in that? You know, um, but how that could be played a million ways. And I hope my my job is to try and get the funniest take of that. And Simon Pegg, you know, can take a line like that and he can say, Can you uh can you just check my name's not in it? A bit like when he says to to and Sean and Dead, he goes, What now? No, cup of tea. You know, and on paper, that's not funny. It's just like, what next? Oh, cup, I don't know, cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just add more to it. But one thing I'm really keen to do is, uh, like like Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg do, they basically say, tell the actors, you're not making a comedy film. You've got to play the lines earnestly. Yeah. Um, because the the danger is, someone might come into it and go, let's do everything like a pantomime, you know, oh, I'm going to play this for maximum laughs. And it, it comes across as phony, doesn't it? It's like, you yeah. know, it comes across as insincere and, and hammy. Yeah. So you've got to play the truth of the situation like you would with a drama. Um, And when, when, when Simon Pegg says, I, I don't know, cup of tea, 
it's funny because he's playing it as real as he can because he's not an action hero. He's, you know, he's just some guy who worked in retail and all this shit's really confusing. And he's like, oh no, cup, cup of tea? Because he's out of ideas. Yeah. And, and that's playing the truth of the situation. So I'm going to make sure my cast say, you know, say, look, feel free to try stuff, but let's get at least one take in the bag where it's as played as earnestly as possible and truthfully, not, not dead serious. Um, because in that line where he says, can you check my name's not in it? He obviously doesn't believe that his name might be in a 6,000-year-old papyrus. But, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, it. you might say that in real life anyway, but not believe that your name's going to be in there. But I think you can get a, a giggle out of that depending on how it's played. So. Yeah. No, fantastic. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So, Terry, when are we launching the Bloody Students crowdfunding campaign? Well, uh, depending on when this podcast goes out, um, it uh, the, at the time of uh, recording this, it's the 24th of April. Um, we're launching in seven days on the 1st of May. Excellent. So if you're watching this and it's already May, um, then go over to the link. And yep. uh, there will be links below. We're running yep. for, yeah, we're running for the month of May, 30 days. Uh, we're setting up all sorts of rewards and stuff. So there's going to be the usual, the T-shirts, the jackets, the badges, um, video from cast and crew. One of the reward levels is going to be a set visit where you come down with us, watch us filming. If we can squeeze you in as an extra in certain scenes, we will, depending on what we're doing on the day, get lunch, give you a goodie bag, give you some props from the film, you know, screen you stuff. And I gotta tell you this, uh, had a great idea. I was watching a prop maker on Instagram and he came, he's a Hollywood prop maker, and he said, look what I've got. And he, he put the camera on the floor, and there was these pools of blood, right? Then he picks them up, and they're wobbly. They're made of silicon, urethane. Wow. Yeah. And I've got a friend who makes the silicon masks. I said, could you make puddles of blood that you can pick up and drop down? Because it saves you mopping up blood in a venue at the end of the day. Yeah. He said, yeah, make, I can make loads of them, no problem. Brilliant. So I've dubbed them bloodles blood puddles and we're going to give some of those away not huge ones but you know decent sized ones as some of the kickstarter rewards Excellent. so you can have bloodles you can leave them on your kitchen floor and say to the wife i'm in a nosebleed look oh my god you're going to clean that up <laughs> so we're going to we're going to do plenty of them so I'm, I'm quite excited about that um but yeah it's running the whole month of may our goal is ten thousand. if we don't raise ten thousand, no one gets charged mm -hmm. if we do raise ten thousand. We're going to make a good film. If we raise more than 10000 it'll just get better. And we do have an American distributor, very supportive, very patient, seven years, <laughs> ridiculously patient and willing to, you know, take it on. So it's going to go somewhere. Now, as a result of that, as I said, some of the rewards, uh, none of the rewards will involve you getting a DVD copy of it or getting a link where you can watch it online. But we will, like Offworld, find ways of getting the backers a way to watch it, whether it's a time-sensitive download, not a download, time-sensitive online link, password-protected, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, obviously, at the end, if, if the distributor manages to get it to direct a DVD, then you'll get your DVD because we'll have copies to give away uh, to the backers. Um, but in the meantime, you know, the, you could still get signed scripts and you can still get video messages from the cast, signed pictures, 
props because who knows where this is going to go if off world did what it did on nine grand and got the attention of an american distributor bloody students is going to build on that yeah. now um i don't know how much you edit your videos jamie but um i'm going to say this bit now and then we can chop it out if it's uh if it's not applicable one uh, sorry two of the really exciting things that have happened in the last week is I've managed to bring in some named actors to play cameos. Um, now these actors have agreed in principle, which means if we can raise enough money to pay them mm -hmm. and they're available at the time. Um, and I know at the moment, uh, the second one is currently reading the script. Now I didn't plan on having any named actors in it, but, the main cast of students are all cast. They're all people I know, people I've auditioned, etc. But there are some what I call grown-ups in it. There's there's the father of Cameron. There's the museum lecturer. Um, there's the caretaker. There's the uh, security guard uh, for the museum. And there's a, a kind of, not failed, but ex- um, ex uh, tv presenter so you know um tony robinson time team yeah well that character is in my film is called anthony crusoe so robinson crusoe mm -hmm. and tony so okay we've cast an actor who you might not know the name paul putner now paul putner is a london actor who is best known for uh, he was on a, a comedy show on, on BBC called This Morning with Richard Not Judy. And he played like a curious orange. They made him up as an orange. But he had uh, he played a zombie in Shaun of the Dead. He played a taxi driver in Shaun of the Dead, but that was in the deleted scenes. Uh, he was in almost every episode of Little Britain. He was in Spaced. He was in Time Gentleman Please with Al Murray, which, by the way, is where I got bloody students from. Uh, one of Al Murray's many catchphrases. Um and he's recently been in Downton Abbey. Uh, he's he's uh, he's like that with Edgar Wright and Sean and Simon Pegg. Uh, he, I got hold of him via Twitter, and then I spoke to his agent. I sent him the script. He had a read of it. He called me and said, "Oh, this is really funny. This is this is fizzes along nicely." He said, "I, I you know, in principle, you can you can mention to me on the Kickstarter um, that uh, I'm I'm very interested in this." And if all goes well, you know, I'll do the cameo in that role. So that's the one. The second one, uh, I offered them two roles. One is a got five or six lines as the the museum lecturer who ends up um, giving the, the creepy caretaker a piece of their mind, uh, a bit of a serious career advice. Uh, and the other one was just like a school teacher at the very epilogue of the film gets one line. And they pick the one with the most lines in. And that's Sophie Aldred from Doctor Who. Wow. Uh, I, I contacted her agent. Uh, first thing she said was, can we see the script? What's it involved? What, when do you look at shooting it? And, you know, I said, look, well, I've got these two roles. If, if she can just come in for a day, say one line and go, fine. Or she wants to do the slow. She goes, the, Sophie would rather do the bigger part. I said, okay, right. Um, again, it's in principle. Can we afford her? Can she be available? She's currently in uh, Australia at the moment. She's doing a tour of Comic Cons in Australia. 
Uh, her agent originally said she'll be back in the middle of May, so you'll know then. But the next day I got a phone call and she said, yeah, she's she's up for it. I'm like, you know, and again, we're not talking Tom Cruise and Nicolas Cage here, but for our little film, you know, two people uh, who have got a reasonably decent following. Paul is interesting. He's got that face. You see him and you go, oh, that guy, he's in everything. Yeah. Um, but you say the name, people go, who? But again, uh, amazingly chuffed to have him on board. Uh, this, um, I don't know how big your viewership is, James, on, on this podcast. It, Facebook, we're, we're pretty healthy. YouTube, not so much with these. I, I have no idea why. Right. Well, um, there's, there's reasons for this, which I'll have to explain to you once we're off air. Mm -hmm. But we do have uh, another actor who is, you won't know the name unless you see a photo of him, but he was in Shaun of the Dead. And that's all I can say. That's all I can say, because he wants to keep his profile very low. Yeah. Um, but again, if he if he gets time to come down and do his little bit, people will spot him and go, oh, that guy, yeah. you know, not a big part, admittedly. Um, but again, like Paul and like uh, especially Sophie Aldred, you know, you, you'll you see their faces and go, oh, wow. Yeah. And and there's one character, which is Cameron's father, who I've approached a number of uh pretty well-known actors and we've had possibles from a couple of them um not as not as invested as i'm up for this if you can afford me and i can make it i'm in mm. more a kind of let me know how it goes and get back to me in a couple of months time so uh, but i've i've got a couple of uh especially one really big name who everyone's gonna know so again can we afford them can we keep their interest and can we bring them in? Uh, can they free up the time on the day? Because they've telling an actor who's based in London or America to go, do you want to come to South Wales to a community centre? You know, it's like, it's a big ask. Yeah. yeah. But you never um, know. So, yeah. Best of luck, Terry. So, really looking forward to uh, that. Cheers. Would you do us the massive favour of, say, joining us again in a year? We can have a catch up again, see about off world and release you. and obviously where we are with bloody students. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, uh, if I'm not sleeping on a pavement somewhere, uh, but as long as I've got Wi-Fi, <laughs> um, hopefully it'll go better than that. But yeah, I'd I'd love to because follow-ups are actually um, really cool because, you know, I, I've done a couple of podcasts with another guy who's a filmmaker and we, we've done two podcasts six months apart. Mm. And it's really interesting to see how much you've done in that time and it helps him pull his socks up. It helps me pull my socks up. And it also yeah. it explains to the viewers and people who are watching, seeing how much or how little gets done and just watching these things evolve over time. Oh, so yeah. like I say, I'm right on the, it's a really interesting time for me because the first film has gone to the States, but we had no more news. Mm -hmm. The second film is about to start, especially with the, the Kickstarter. So it's, there's lots of stuff about to explode and go off. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm just running into a, a fireworks factory with a, a, a bare flame. And you're like, guess what? Stuff's going to blow up. So who knows? Who knows? I can't wait. Fantastic. Thank you, Terry. Really appreciate that. Thank you for Thank all you. your time today as well. Uh, we will drop links to the uh, Bloody Students Kickstarter below. Um, and yeah, obviously, we'll also be sharing it all on the socials as well. Okay. Mummy Movie May. Mummy Movie May.